she claws me. She kind of likes skinny scratch. Get tired. But then Laura's not even. People say, oh, what's Laura doing? Uh, welcome to AEC Presents. This is Alex. This is Jared. And it's just the two of us today. Yep. Going to be uh, just the two of us on. Just the two of us for this. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Uh, you, the the I words was failed you that more, time. Yeah. I was expecting more of us and something. just the two of us today. Just the two of us. And that's all the song <laughs> I'm going to say because I'm not a singer, nor do I want to get the, what is it, the DRM strikes against it for <laughs> playing music that's not ours. Because I'm that, I was that convincing. It sounded just like the song. It was good. It was identical. <laughs> Or not. Uh, yeah. Uh, Laura is at work tonight. Adrian has something else that popped up. So, yeah. There's two of us. And let's find. We, we have our content of stuff that we can talk about. Yep. We're good to go. I, when I told Laura, I was like, oh, and you won't be able to make it. She's like, eh, okay. You'll be fine. I mean, we, we did like yeah. all of this year except for last week. Right. All Every other week was right. just us. So. so, it'll be fine. We had some food. If you hear me burping, it's because I had some pizza that was delicious some hot pepper cheese balls and hashtag not an ad. Oh, if only we got sponsored, that'd be cool. That would be awesome. Just, just pay us some food, guys. Sponsor. If you give us food, we will sponsor you for food. There we go. One one sponsorship per episode. That's what I'll there go. There we with. go. Like, all right, every episode yeah. we can mention your name. Uh, so uh, until then, haha, we're not mentioning what food we got, but we bought something. That's right. Just pizza and cheese balls. That's all pizza you have. And cheese balls. And. <laughs> Beverages to drink. I'm drinking water. You drink. You had some Pepsi, oh, Coke, Dr Pepper, Dr Pepper somewhere. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Dr Pepper, oh, we're already off the rails. I have the inside scoop that the dark berry Dr Pepper is coming back soon. Oh, really? Uh, it was a. Uh, it was here a few years ago for the first time with the Spider Man Far From Home movie. I still have like one or two cans left. Eh, a little sketchy, but they're bringing it back supposedly <laughs> for the new Jurassic Park movie. So really? I was like, all right, cool. I want to stock up a bunch of that because that was my favorite special soda. I'd forgotten was about the, that. Was the dark berry? Good. Yeah. My second favorite special soda is the Coke Space or Starlight, whatever. Oh yeah, that was good. That one, I, I yeah. like both those. So. Yep. Other than that, regular. I'm a Dr Pepper guy. Same. If a cola, if Same it's here. if a non cola that is a soda, Orange Crush, hands down. Mixing it, I like Coke. Uh. Coke or Pepsi for me they're close. I don't drink either one. They're close yeah. enough to mix with, with. Yeah, alcohol, I, I just but. prefer the Coke. Maybe it's just the calling it that. It's just easier to say rum and Coke yeah. versus rum and Pepsi. Right. That's fair. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's you know what? Let's do a reboot of this podcast. We're going to start with uh, our our list of reboots of stuff that was in comics. Sounds good. That's my terrible segue. Um, yeah. So this week, or I guess last week, we decided that we're going to read. Batman, Court of the Owls, Batman Volume 1, Court of the Owls. And we decided, hey, that was sort of a soft reboot. So let's make that the theme for this week is reboots that are some more of a reboot than others. Some might be like, oh, a legit reboot versus eh, ish. So <clears throat> that's what we're going with. So without further ado, Jared, what is the first reboot on your list okay i'm gonna i've actually got four on my list so i'm gonna make this you may only have three but i'm gonna make this one a quick one i just kind of want to mention you, you can it. do all four i i got four also okay okay um mine was the green lantern rebirth from like 2001 early 2000 yeah something like that before new 52 yes before infinite crisis even i think and uh it basically, you know, they brought Hal Jordan back after he uh, sacrificed himself from being Parallax, and uh, they actually did a – they had his Rebirth story arc, then his first story arc, uh, you know, facing Sinestro again and all of this, but they had a new origin for him that they did from like, the second volume of that Green Lantern series, and it was basically a soft reboot of retelling his origins. Parallax, when he was Parallax, it was never a uh, – uh, an entity here, they retconned it to be like the yellow entity. There's a green en- entity called Ion and all of the other colors. And it basically led in to Sinestro Corps and Blackest Night. So that I think that was a very important soft reboot, but it didn't like it wasn't a massive universe reboot. It was just his line yeah. of stuff, which and I it, mean, it was more of a retcon than a reboot. Right. And I mean, that's brought him into the current modern right. mythology of Green Lantern. Yeah. 
So, and the Green Lantern I'm talking about is Hal Jordan. Uh, if you're the familiar with yeah, the original, well, not the original. No, not the original, but just the Silver Age original. The ones that the Ryan Reynolds, yeah, Green Lantern, yeah. <laughs> hey, he you was know. okay. We'll go with um, the movie. Was. Oh, what's his name? I just lost his name. Um, crap, he was uh, uh, Firefly, uh, the captain in Firefly. Malcolm Reynolds. Malcolm Reynolds, the actor. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Thank you. He voiced him in the Green Lantern First Flight. Okay, Nathan Fillion did? I did not know that. Yep, I'm pretty sure. If I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. If you're wrong, I'm not going to argue with it. I I didn't know, so I'll (laughs) go with that. So, but yeah, uh, I always thought that was a pretty important reboot slash, you know, not full reboot, but uh, it was very important to the Green Lantern story arc and the future of the DC universe at that time. Yeah. All right. Uh, first one on my list, we have ranted and raved about it. I had it on the list in case Adrian was going to be here. I was going to let him cover it, but since he's not, I'll take care of it. Can you, you make a blind guess of what it is? House of M. Close. Very close. Oh, uh, House, House and Powers of X. There you go. House and Powers of X. Uh, that series was, let's see, I want to say 2020 when that series came out. Either 2019 or 2020 is... Something right the, there. The last three years was all a big blip. Yeah. Didn't it like end during COVID? I don't, if you want to give me a quick Google while I'm talking about it. Um, but those of you that are unfamiliar or not familiar with it and have not listened to the podcast before, hello there. Uh, also, it is, so X-Men, you know, has been notorious at having so many continuity errors like, oh, this contradicts that and this and that. And we have a million different X-Men books. So basically, right around two thousand, uh, two thousand uh, December of nineteen. It okay. looks like uh, number one came. So out. yeah, it was. In, I thought it was before COVID. I yeah. think yeah, that sounds right. I knew it was the end of COVID or yeah. I'm just so, trying yeah. to check to see if they're this quick Google search is number one or if it's the trade. It doesn't matter. It it's 2019. It was 2019 though. Yeah. So uh, basically, Marvel was like, "Hey, um, we now have Fox Studios." We now own that, so we now own the X-Men movie rights. So let's do, let's actually treat the X-Men like we care about them again. So we'll pull the plug or and play back in again and do a reset of the X-Men universe or X-Men subsection within the Marvel Comics universe. That looks like the trade. Okay. So still, it's still, still 2019. But um, like the trade. So yeah, they, they turned it off and turned it back on again. And this was a regrouping of the X-Men general. Like, all right, well, we're having like 20 million different stories that really had no consequence on each other. So here we go. Here's this main story with Moira McTaggart and Charles Xavier and how this affects the past, present, future. And here we go. Um, It was a great point to start on if you are if you're a fan of the x-men in theory i say that but like oh i watch the cartoons i watch the movies that's they me. seem really cool but i don't really read them i don't know much about them because there's so much there's hard to keep track of they tie into each other boom here is the reset <laughs> button this is the time to, if you're ever to jump in this is the perfect time to jump in on it because this is them basically wiping the past clean and starting scratch Starting from scratch. Is that when they did X-Men Red, Blue, Gold? No, that was after that. That was after that. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they did that. They did those that. right around 2017-ish when Okay. When Marvel's like, oh, you know, too many X-Men books. We're only going to go down to two. Then it was four. Oh, then we're going to do four. And then we're going to do six. And now the reset. So then yeah. they did this. So everything before that, you don't really need to worry about because they un- undid it. Un- un- undid it. It's weird how many times they've. Red kind of stuff. Um, but it was a really cool, interesting story to see, okay, where is this going? What, you know, How is this affecting everybody? Now, since then, they have done the uh, tree branch, you know, tree roots way of like, okay, this splinters off this way, this goes that way. Um, there are still main overarching stories that have taken place after House and Powers, like the Hellfire Gala is a little bit of one that they did, but they've also done... Uh, Trial of Magneto and Inferno, and those have set up like that's the main big X Men story that's going on. Um, that's mostly all written by John Hickman, so that works out. Uh, but yeah, House and Powers, it's phenomenal. It has all the major X Men players that you can think of, and then you can see the volume ones that branch out after that. So great jumping on points for all that. Um, the only downside is some of the stuff has been renumbered again at number one, but it is what it is. 
So I don't mind them doing that as much because sometimes when you go to a number one, um, it's a good jumping on point. They may not they may reference a couple of things, but it's not like you have to read some of the old stuff to jump on at that point. My only problem is when you get down to the trades of it though. Yes. When How okay, many volume ones of X Men. Here's this X Men that took place over six volumes, let's say, and then we get another one through whatever. Like, but we just. We just did this. Right. Why, why do we need more number ones? Right. That's when it gets annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're into single issues, it's a good system because it, it's it's always good to jump on on those points. But like you said, trades. But it's also, devil's advocate, a good point to jump off. You're reading it like, oh, I'm not really liking where this is going. Sure, it's a new creative team. It could be a true. new story that I like, but I know more often than not people are like, yeah, I'm done. I, I'm pulling the plug on this. I'm done. Yeah. It, How so, many times have you done it? I've done it. Bunch of times. It can be a catch-22 on that. Yeah. But either way, House and Powers was phenomenal. It reset the X-Men universe. It brought it into the new, quote, modern era of X-Men. So, uh, What's next on your list? Um, I'll go with uh, Rebirth. DC Rebirth. Um, They had Convergence coming off of uh, New 52. Basically, they were rebooting the universe from New 52. And they basically pitted against different versions of themselves. And New 52 was 2011, I believe. Yeah, this was... 2016, maybe? 17, somewhere... Yeah, 16 to 18. It was right around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know exactly when, but uh, they basically tried to reboot it because 52 took uh, existing characters and changed them significantly or changed their origins or this and that. And this kind of set it back to what it was before. Um, And we still... To this day, don't know what is continuity and what isn't. Like they're like, oh, yeah, nothing's continuity until we reference it, and then we say it's continuity right. again. Right. So it's difficult to tell. Um, it's been okay, and there is no rebirth story. There's they had a couple one shots and well, like, if someone's looking for a trade yeah. for anything, there is no like, hey, oh, this gotcha, is rebirth. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there. It was there is for convergence that story arc. It was basically a bunch of two-issue miniseries. Uh, basically, that was Superman versus different versions of himself or Batman. You know, it had 20 different two-issue series or something. But uh, Rebirth basically kind of set DC back to where it was, but still had the new 52. Um, it brought characters back like uh, in fifty-two, new 52. I don't think the original Wally West was ever. I don't think he showed up until Rebirth again. I think, I think that so, sounds right. You know, there's, but they changed the race of the character and changed his origin to a degree. They kept a lot of it. And then they still brought back the original Wally West that was white too. Like, okay, yeah. now they have white Wally and black Wally. Right. And they just, it's all over the place. Like, oh, multi-dimensional, multi-universe, don't worry about it. Right. It's kind of like what Marvel did with, uh, with Spider-Verse and Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, he was in a different universe where Peter's dead, but now he's here, and who cares? It, it just works. Just, yeah, it's just, it's fine. It's comic book logic. If you are a stickler, if a stickler for rules, first of all, you're in the wrong world. Yeah, comic <laughs> uh, books comic are books not for you. Not for you. Uh, also, you need to let it, you need to let it go a little bit because there yeah. are a lot of things like eh, we're just making it up as we go. So yeah, deal with I mean, it. comic book creators are humans that have ideas in their heads that they put down on paper, they write them, the artist draws them, you know. And they have it may dip- not be for you, but they may, may, may be sitting there thinking, man, this is one of my coolest ideas ever, you know. Well, and they have different writers doing different things at any given yes. time. Like, say you're doing a run of Batman, then, okay, you're tapped out, you're good, you're ready to move on to a different t- property. Okay, now it's my turn. Well, how do I interpret that character and set up that world also? Yeah. It may be contradictory for some things. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. Right. It's, it doesn't... you And we know as the audience, like, hey, this is a different writing team, this is a different art, te- art team, whatever. Like, we... It's up to us to say, okay, we get it. It's kind of a little contradictory, but is it a cool? Ultimately, is it a cool story? Right. If it is, then great. If now, if it's contradictory and it's a bad story, okay, then that that just, that just yeah. sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Rebirth has been solid. I can't say it's been. I mean, it's been five years now since they did that. Six years, something like that. But to me, to relate it to a video game. Uh, they did a what is called a scrub save. 
like, oh, well, crap, we went to, we went, we made a wrong choice in the choose your own adventure, so we'll go back to a previous save point. Yeah. And that's what they did. Like, all right, we'll go back yeah. to a previous save point. Now, we still know some questions we know the answer we want. Right. Other questions, we may want to choose a different answer. So, like, right. all right, we'll pick and choose and of the new 52 what sticks around and what doesn't. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of reference Rebirth when we talk about 52 here in just a little bit. Yeah. Because there's some things that just did not make sense. Right. So, so yeah. But yeah, uh, DC's Rebirth, I thought they did a good job with it for overall. I mean, it kind of they had to fix some things from New 52, which there were a lot of great things in New 52. I'm not bashing it. Right. So, uh, Next on my list is Spider-Man, because Laura's not here, so someone has to say it. Uh, also because it's a good story. Um, I would, I'm willing to say, before I give the name, it is possibly the best Spider-Man story I've read, I've read in the last 10 years. Do you want to guess what it is? I can guess because I think it's the one that I, I don't think I've read it because I refused to for so long. What, and what is your guess? Uh, um, not one more day. Uh, nope. Uh, Nor brand new, or brand new day. Not, it's not brand new day. No, That's the one not. I was thinking. Nope. Okay. Uh, I've got it, nothing. It is the superior Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Uh, back in beginning of 2013, Slash end of 2012, they killed off Peter Parker as Spider-Man. They had Doc Ock. They, Doc Ock did a, a body swap. His body, Doc Ock's body was dying. He did a mind swap with Peter at the last second, and then Peter died in Doc Ock's body. So then Doc Ock was, his consciousness was in Peter's body. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm Spider-Man, but I'm better than him. So now I'm the superior Spider-Man. I hated the name. It was awful. But also it was a good kind of hate. But you're, you're kind of, it's, it's like it's, his ego put it. There. It's a good heel wrestler. You hate him for all the right reasons. Yeah. It's like, oh, I hate you because you're an awful person. Like, that's good. Not, I hate you because you're doing a bad job at this. Like, okay, the character's still there, so it works out. It's a good kind of heat to it. Where, yeah, I mean, he was obnoxious, but he was still like, oh, well, I should still live my life. And he learned some of the errors of his ways along the way. And he's like, oh, well, maybe I was wrong before. And, you know, actions have consequences and I can be a better person. He got, he got a new lease on life truly because like, hey, he has a brand new body that's healthy, super strong and identity that he's, you know, not a super villain that people are out to like his uncredited or whatever. Like, no, he's he got a full do over on his life. And he's like, all right, I can do this better. And Peter Parker, while he was good at being Spider-Man, there's a lot of mistakes. Like, obviously, you can do this instead of that. Like, how do you not have a doctorate? You're, you know, you're a genius. I, I've seen all your tech. How have you never put that in your personal life? So he got Peter Parker a doctorate as well, which then they get rid of later because funny reasons. But uh, <laughs> it was really cool to see him grow and like actually evolve as a character. Like I know we've mentioned before, villains turn good and good guys turn bad. But this one made sense so well because he was still a bad guy. But then he did slowly. You got to see the turn of him being coming a good guy. It was a really cool divert, you know, they had new characters and just it was really cool and really great way to see that. A good character progression. I'm not a fan of when they do stuff like that, but then when it makes sense, and this was drawn out long enough that it made sense too. Like, oh, he's still the I'm, you know, the elitist, I'm better than everybody, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, oh, well, maybe it's not as easy as I thought it was to be a good guy and everything like that. Um, it was really cool. Um, and they brought him. They brought him back briefly after they turned him back into normal Spider-Man, and Doc Ock went back to his normal body. Um, for a little while, he was Superior Octopus, so he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to be a good guy as well, which is my own and my actual identity now." Uh, the biggest problem I have with this story arc is they had since turned Ock back to his original evil ways. They they did an old memory backup where he's like, "Oh, before he learned the error of his ways, back to the just the generic villain." Like, oh, that's. They had this great character progression, and they're like, oh, reset. Yeah, like, it, I mean, that's very typical for Spider-Man. Uh, like, yeah. hey, we painted ourselves into a corner, so we'll just hit the reset button and go yep. with that. Looking at you, brand new day and one more day. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. But <laughs> Superior Spider-Man, though, it only ran like a year and a half, so it was like 30-some issues. Uh, 31 issues. Because then they did two additional issues with the Spider-Verse. Where they brought back Superior Spider-Man. Is that a bi-weekly? 
Uh, Shark. I believe, I mean, if it was uh, just it went from January of 13 through, let me pull it up, September of 14. So that's a year and a half-ish, let's yeah, say. Yeah, there's 30-some issues. That has to had to have run bi-weekly. Yeah. Yeah, oh, there. It's a schedule was bi-weekly, which that's pretty typical for oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Either bi-weekly or tri-weekly, yep. which is dumb. I want another tangent. Bi-weekly, so twice a week. Oh, it should be um, by monthly. By monthly, but is that is that every other or month? No, that no, that it's right. Uh, it's it's semi monthly. That's still not every month then. So that'd be like every other month. Yeah, it's just it's just, just the English. Every it's just the weeks. English language that's dumb. Yeah, because biweekly could mean every other week, or twice twice in one week. It, it's dumb. Anyway, but it was it was roughly every other week that an issue came out. They burned through a lot of story. That's what they do. Um, but it was a really good story over, overall. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the progression. What's next on your list? Infinite Crisis. Uh, basically, they, uh, different characters from mul- the multiverse were trying to save their Earths and their universes from destroying themselves. Or I don't remember what was trying to destroy or what was destroying it. Was it, the, it wasn't the Anti-Monitor because that was a crisis on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, these characters were trying to save the Earth and basically – or their Earths, and it all got pushed into – by the end of that story arc, it all got pushed into New Earth. So there was only one at the time. The multiverse didn't exist at that point. Um, they started off – once Infinite Crisis was done, they rebooted it with uh, one year later. Those characters like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, all your big names took a year off to heal – a lot of them were beat beat up. They needed time to, you know, fix they, themselves. They needed a vacation. Yeah, they needed a year-long vacation. So um, the Batman one-year-later story arc was phenomenal with Two-Face and had a bunch of his different villains in it. Uh, the Superman ones were fun uh, because he kind of didn't have his powers due to events in Infinite Crisis. He basically, him and another Superman took Superboy Prime through a red sun and Crash landed on Oa, which is the Green Lantern planet. The planet that planet is, is a Green Lantern, right? Yes. Not not their home world. Which that the home world is. Oa. I no, said Oa was the home Oa world. Oa was the home world. This was. Uh, well, I can't think of it. But, it uh, it's the it's like ego from Marvel. It's the yes. giant. Pla- it's a living yeah, sentient like planet a, that is a lantern as well. Yes, but uh, so they flew through a red sun, so he kind of lost his powers. Well, now. It's been a year later. He's been under the yellow sun for a year. He's starting to get them back. So um, the Wonder Woman one was pretty good. She's kind of like a secret agent and doing her thing. Uh, Nightwing was awesome. He moved to New York because Bloodhaven was nuked by chemo. A giant acidic blob of a character. I don't know how else to describe him. It's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, he's radioactive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did this one year later story arc and just filled in a lot of stuff and it's it was really good so yeah coming off of infinite crisis they did their one year later story arcs and just had a huge reboot of all of dc comics they still kept the history you know the teen titans were still a thing you know like in new 52 the original titans weren't around right away so yeah yeah, the continuity for new 52 with the titans was weird okay it was weird in other places we'll talk about that yeah so but I just kind of wanted to say that they kept their history along with everything. So it, I really liked that reboot at that time. So, All right. Uh, next one on my list is a is Guardians of the Galaxy, um, specifically the 2008 run by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, a.k.a. on the internet, the DNA, because D, Dan, and Andy, DNA. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> true... Long-term fans of the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're not a huge fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because that's not the Guardians of the Galaxy team that they know of the, um, oh, shoot, the guy with the mohawk. Um, Yondu. Yondu was one of the leaders, and there's a whole bunch of characters that are in the that were in the movie as sub-characters mm-hmm. that were originally the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Until this 2008 run where it's the main inspiration for the movies. And... And the Guardians since then, where it's Drax, Star-Lord, Gamora, Rocket, Groot. Like, some of them were in the original stuff, but these were a lot of, like, okay, we're going to mix and match the dynamics and how the personalities run like that. And 
this was the inspiration for the movies. Um, and I would say they did a pretty good job at it then too, because yeah. how, I mean, they made two guardians movies and they're working on a third one right now ish. And the Christmas story also, they are doing a Christmas animated something or other. I, I don't know what it is. I just knew they were doing a Christmas special. And the Guardians are going to be in the next Thor movie as well, too. Yep. So, obviously, there's something that stuck with that pretty well. Um, but, yeah, it's the modernization of the Guardians, where it's like, okay, we need to make this guy make these guys cool, and this is the best way to do it. And it worked out pretty well. Admittedly, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but we do... Usually, I don't know if we still right now have the first volume of this on our shelves at the store. That, yeah, I mean, only the series only lasted about twenty four issues. So I think we do have the complete collection of that in the store. It has that whole run? Those again, it's not the exact same as the movies, but it is definitely the closest thing that we had. That other than newer stuff since then, but like that was the that laid the groundwork for the Guardians movies. Yeah. So yeah, that is Guardians again. Sorry, again, folks, I haven't read it yet, but who knows how the podcast go? We may read it eventually. Yeah. Uh, what is what is next on your list? Uh, New 52. So they did Flashpoint. Flashpoint was phenomenal. Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mother's life, and it sets off this chain reaction that just changes everything. So Flashpoint's a bit of a reboot then as well. Yeah, I guess you could say so. Yeah. It's the one that really did it did the rebooting. Yeah, it did the rebooting. It rebooted everything, and then he undid the reboot to change everything into the new 52. Um, the biggest... I would say the most successful stuff was probably the Batman stuff. Absolutely, hands down. Um, I still didn't like some of the Batman stuff. It, when I first started reading Batman, it didn't. I didn't couldn't tell how old he was. It was like they were drawing him and referencing him when he was in his 20s. But he had gone through four Robins. Dick Grayson's a grown man. You know, it's like, how? what do you do? Start when he was 12? It, it's the you whole, know? it's the standard continuity era that exactly. we talked about before. Like, it's yeah. hard to tell, but... Right. Yeah, and it wasn't like a deal breaker to where, you know, oh, I can't read this. You know, was, the stories were phenomenal still. I mean, that's why yeah. our book this week is... Yeah, the Justice League. Jeff Johns took over Justice League at that time did a an awesome story arc with uh, Darkseid called Justice League War. That was awesome. Uh, Wonder Woman was hit and miss. I think she started strong, but it was like, meh, afterwards. Nightwing, I thought, was pretty good, but he, a lot of his stuff was still tying in with the Batman stuff, like Quarterly Owls, like our book for today. And uh, Teen Titans, it was, you know, Tim Drake as Red Robin, because Damian Wayne was Robin at the time. Um had like just some off characters like raven was a completely different character it there wasn't an original teen titans like from the 80s like you had dick grayson as rob and donna troy they they didn't exist donna troy wasn't even a character for i don't know a year and a half two years they finally brought her in it was a while uh, yeah it was a while so they changed a lot of origins and different things like that, and some of it was good, some of it was not. I loved Nightwing's new costume that they did. That yeah, with, I thought his costume with the was red awesome. yeah. bird instead of the blue bird. Right, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a little bit more paying homage to his Robin days because his Robin costume was a lot of red. It felt a little grittier than yeah. normal, and in a good way. Like, yeah. I, I know I complained about the Batman movies, like, oh, they're too dark and gritty, but this one, like, okay, it's darker but not super dark like yeah. it, it's it made and like you said the the homage to the robin days yeah worked out really well i yep. get the blue is to the flying graysons yeah but, but it, it's yeah. six one have a dozen i thought the, the red looked better yeah but uh yeah some other ones that were kind of flopped i thought they, they i think they did a green arrow Series that the, wasn't that good. The vast majority of the new 52 stuff did not go well. No, but that reboot of the Legion of Superheroes that should have been huge and but that the, was horrible. But because of the lack of happiness that the fans had, that's yeah. why we got Rebirth. Yeah, like okay, much. and and because of that too with Rebirth, they didn't they didn't completely wipe everything from new 52. Not at away. all. No. Like oh, some of the stuff actually worked. Yeah, so we'll, stick it, we'll keep it around. Vows. Uh, didn't uh, Joker rip cutting his fade off? Didn't that stick around into Rebirth? Uh, ish. I mean, he still grew his face back. <laughs> yeah, somehow yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing there, but that stuff was really good. So there was a lot of great stuff in in uh, 
New 52, um, the uh, villain's book. What was that? Oh, shoot. The Forever uh, Evil? Forever Evil. That was really good. Which, I mean, some of that stuff has stuck around yeah. since, too. Like, okay, we have Ultraman oh, yeah. and Superwoman. That's the evil Wonder Woman. And, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. So there, there was a lot of great things in New 52. Just they got rid of so much of the history that I think they, like Spider-Man, like you said, Spider-Man does, they kind of painted themselves into a corner. It was very jarring, too, of a transition. Yes. Like, all right, we're cutting off all stories and we're starting brand new ones. Like, right. Some stories transitioned into it well. Some of them, like, like The Flash. Tra- I mean, you saw yeah. The Flashpoint transition. Right. Other books, like, nope, we're done. Just done yeah. and, hey, go. Right. The uh, Superman and Action Comics, where one was... Regular Superman. The other one was the early days of like him yeah. wearing jeans and boots and like. Some of a, it was okay. I want to say that was Action Comics that he had the so, the, the jeans. Yeah, when he was learning how to be Superman. Yeah. But Superman and Lois weren't together. Superman was younger. He was with Wonder Woman. Um, a lot of fans did not like that. I thought they had some pretty good stories in there. I I think if you want to go read those, I think those would be a. I think you'd enjoy those those issues and those trades now. Um, but overall, I'm glad they rebooted it into Rebirth, but there was a lot of good things in, in New 52. They did a good job with it overall. As much as everyone loves the crap on it, there still was good stuff that came out. Exactly, yeah. yeah it was weird, but I still liked the Gordon as Batman run. Like, it, be, because I knew, like, okay, I know comic books, it's not going to last forever. Yeah, it's not going to last. Let's see where the ride goes. It was yeah. fun to see that along the way. It was okay. Uh, Future's End, I believe, was New 52 also, where you saw Batman Could Beyond be. when he went back to the yeah. present and all that killed, stuff, too. And then Tim killed. Drake took over as Batman Beyond. And, of course, they undid that to bring back yeah. Terry back. But either way, it was, there was that some was a cool... Good, I forgot about that. That was excellent. But there, And that was a weekly series. Yeah. Um. So there was some definitely some cool stuff that went in there. Yeah. Just there was... Unfortunately, a lot of bad stuff that yeah. overcrowded the good. Yeah, Aquaman I thought was a flop, but it, I had high hopes for that because we were coming off of Blackest Night to where they that's when they brought Arthur Curry back and they did Brightest Day and had this great run with him and they started doing uh, story arcs with uh, the creatures from the, the deep, you know, and his story arc from New 52 was a little lame compared to what they were just coming off. So it did flop in certain areas. If I remember correctly, that was the Batgirl series that also that before they did. Oh the, yeah, because wasn't Burnside? Wasn't she still? She was new too. Yeah, that was so. Me. Before that one it was like the dark and gritty Batgirl. That was really good too. Yeah. Then. Now I still don't like the Burnside because it's such a hard transition between yeah dark and gritty to bright and bubbly. Like eh, I don't like that. But that I remember that bat. That story arc with her and like her brother, her younger brother and her dad, and yeah. the murder and death and everything. Really good stuff. It was really good. Yeah. But to each their own. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Yep. Overall, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, the last big one on my list is Iron Man. Uh, specifically, it was the fourth volume that started in 2005. Um, it was the inspiration to the Iron Man movies. One, two, and three, where it has where they retconned his origin. Originally, it was like he was held by was it like a bunch of communist people? I believe is what it was, and then they changed it to a Middle Eastern war. Like, oh, they tried to yeah. update it to like the Iraqi freedom sort of thing. Um, the art was just beautiful. I forget yeah. who this was, um, but it had the extremist suit that they did in the you know in the movies as well. Where they teased that, and like this was the this was the blueprint slash foundation for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it. I mean, because all that goes down to the original Iron Man movies and what was that inspired by? Inspired by this comic book run. So, like, it was such a huge thing and it was really, I have all the single issues somewhere, I want to say. I think I might even have some of the trades upstairs, too. Uh, Lord know that better than I am because I'm terrible at organizing my books. Um, But yeah, the fact that it, in it, it set the MCU, I have to say, as possibly one of the best reboots of all time at that point. Yeah. Because that talk about a multi billion dollar franchise based off of these comic books. Holy crap. That's huge. So yeah. Uh I'm trying to look up that uh I think it was Salvador La Roca. What was the artist? La Roca. 
I'm not sure. I remember it was very pretty. It had like a CGI style. Of yeah, the art was really good. Art. Yeah, it was really cool. I highly recommend it. If you can find it, I know they they have bouts of being in print and not being in print, so it may not be easy to find, but... I don't know if it's an omnibus or whatever, but that's what I... I bought that real thick when it was like 1 through 40 or something like I that. I think they've done like... I think it was... That whole run was containing like three of those. Could be, Either two yeah. or three of those, yeah. And I bought that first volume of yeah. that. Yeah, it was I great. loved it. Yeah. yeah, it was phenomenal. So yeah, that is Iron Man. Uh, do you have anything else on your list? Uh, nope, that was all on my list. Okay, the last one I would mention uh, is House of M. Most of I mentioned it because it was, it was another reboot similar to House and Powers of X that it changed all the X-Men. And we're going to talk about it next week on the podcast for our book club is House of M Volume 1 slash the only volume. So, so yeah, I had to get that quick little plug thing in right there. Uh, moving on uh, to books that came out this week. Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. Uh, Jared, I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> where my one of my standout picks this week is uh, should be a good seller for us uh, and for pretty much all comic shops. That is The Amazing Spider-Man number one. Um, written by Zeb Wells. Art by John Romita Jr. Um... This is a jumping on point. If you're a lapsed fan of Spider-Man, you want to try to get back into it, especially with the whole, you know, movies going on, like what's going on with this, the animated, I know the Into the Spider-Verse got moved to 2023 as of right now. Um, You're like, hey, I want to read Spider-Man. There's, you know, it's hard to keep track. Their legacy number is 895 of them. Where do I start? Here you start at number one. Um, is this Peter Parker or is this Ben Riley? This is Peter Parker. Ben Peter Riley Parker's is back. Ben Riley, yes. In the previous story arc, I can give that away because it's been out for a few weeks. Um, he is no longer the Beyond Ink Spider Man. He actually is a new character that is going crazy and looks somewhat villainous. It looks like a mixture of Spider Man and Prowler. It looks weird. I forget the name. Um, but this is Peter Parker. He's out of his coma, he's out of the hospital, he's trying to put his life back together, and it's going a little rough for him. Uh, Aunt May is like needs money because she spent all of her money on his hospital bills and he needs to find a job because he doesn't have one. And I don't want to give away too much other than there's a holy crap plot twist at the end that, that annoys me. Like, oh, I, I, I want to see where this is going now, which is good. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say it's a plot twist that involves Mary Jane and. It's intriguing to see where it's going. And then they have a post epilogue scene with that usually sets me you know, like the next year out involved Dr. Dr. Ock doing something. Uh, and it's interesting where that goes too. But yeah, that is Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man number one celebrating 60 years of Spider-Man. What is one of your picks of the week, Jared? One of my picks of the week of the week, of the week, week. is uh, Teen Titans Academy number 14. Um, still, this has been one of my picks for almost every week. Um, this is, I think that this series is getting canceled. Is that right? Either getting canceled or just, or ending. just ending. I'm pretty sure it is. It seems to be that they're in a wrapping up. Yeah. Phase. I'm not positive what's going on with it, but this is a, a new story arc. It's commencement part one. Um, some of your Teen Titans characters end up on apocalypse fighting, uh, the, uh, um, Oh, crap. What are those aliens called? Parademons? Parademons, thank you. I, just, I, I didn't read the book, of, but yeah. uh, you, you gave me enough context. Yep, my train or my train of thought is just starting to leave the station. It's been a long week, folks. Yep, it sure has. But uh, it this has been really enjoyable. Um, this new story arc, if this is going to be the story arc that ends it, um, if you remember in the last episode or issue, if you've been reading it, there's been a thing that happens to Beast Boy and Cyborg, and they're basically sharing the same body now. So it's basically Beep's boy's green body with cyborgs, you know, cybernetics. So it's a little seems, weird, but it's weird. good. Especially when, like, they, yeah. their personalities definitely butt heads a lot. And then, yeah, like, they oh, are. Now it's you're been, forced together. Yeah. So it, there's been a lot of, you know, conflict, but still, they're, they're, they're basically like trying to accept it. Like, yeah, we got to live like this now, I guess, you know. So, yeah, it's been, it was fun. There you go. Uh, and my pick of the week is Naughty List, number one. Uh, it is a Santa Claus story, folks. Yes, Santa Claus story in April. 
Uh, normally that wouldn't make any sense, but the weather we've had the last few weeks, hey, it, it, it still feels like winter. Yep. Um, this goes back to the origin of Santa Claus from a certain point of view, where this guy is like immortal for some reason. There's some some Christmas star that cursed him with immortality and a drive to make toys for kids. And it's I, I love the way they show how he is transformed from a guy making wooden toys to a little, you know, neighborhood however many years ago, many, many years ago to how he turned into Santa Claus as we know and love today. Yep. Um, including with his elves that he finds yeah. and his reindeer and his sleigh and how the magic works, something like that. But it also shows how it, it shows that he's outliving people. Right. It shows and that it's a curse. It's, yeah. He's cursed with his immortality. It's not a happy Santa Claus story. No. Yeah. It is not the jolly old fat man. And he even says like, oh, and they, they, once the, once a soda company got a hold of it, they made me into an old fat guy that has a big yeah. old belly and long hair. Like that's not who I am. And he gets it shows where he gets the he got tired of. Oh, I'm you know I'm giving kids every, toys to all the kids. Well, some kids don't deserve it. Some kids are brats, to put mildly. So he needs a device to come up with to save him time and efficiency. A way to decide who is on the not, naughty list and who is on the nice list. Uh, but the hook is with this one is someone steals his naughty list. So we get Santa going on a rampage. It reminds me a lot of Santa bot from Futurama. Yeah. Where he's like, Nope, you're naughty and I'm going to hurt you. And I'm curious to see where that's going to go. And it is broody, but still not super dark. Yeah. Um, it is someone that has become a pessimist because they've lived too long and seen too much bad. Uh, and not, he hasn't seen like horrible atrocities. Yeah, but, but when you outlive everybody, everybody you know and love passes on. It is not a blessing. It is truly yeah. a curse. Like he is forever alone from that same. Like even right. his elves that work with friend, like no, they still get to, they still get to move on and die yeah. and live. And he doesn't. So, but I love the elves at one point. Like oh, uh, yeah, this company, you know, they can't pay us, but they're willing to trade us alcohol. So cool. Let's get hammered tonight. Yep. Then like go to another a few decades later. Uh, that fell through too, but they're going to give us this and give us heroin. So let's get high. Like they really are degenerates, yep. <laughs> degenerate elves. But it's, it was funny to see that like, Oh, you think of the elf movie, you know, the movie elf, those elves are, you know, uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer elves and stuff like that. These are a bit more, a little more bleak for him. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely an interesting take. I think that's why I like to do because I'm not a huge fan of Christmas in general. And this is a cool, darker twist on it. And I like how even when the reindeer die, like they have, oh, Blitzen number two, Blitzen number yeah. four. And how the reason why the el- the reindeer got the weird names is because the elves were drunk out of their mind. And like, oh, we're well, having fun. We'll just name them these. How about uh, Dancer? Because the way he trots. Well, then let's go with Prancer because it rhymes. Like, it's just ridiculous. But it was really cool. It's issue one. It's by Aftershock Comics, which, I mean, I've been, it's been weird how many Aftershock has been catching my eye lately. Yeah. Usually it's Image, but Aftershock's been stepping up the game lately. Yeah. So, yeah, that is Naughty List number one by uh, Lee Santora and Lee Ferguson, or Nick Santora and Lee Ferguson. What is your pick of the week, Jared? My pick of the week was uh, uh, Justice League number 75, The Death of the Justice League. This is the first part of the story arc. And is going to lead into um, Dark Crisis. It is the beginning of the end, too, because it is yep. the end of Justice League. Yeah. Until they relaunch yeah, it. Yeah, until they relaunch it. But uh, basically, all of the Justice League members are transported to what they call the House of Heroes, the home of the Justice League incarnate. And they're basically summoned there, and they're attacked. And stuff happens. <laughs> and I don't want to give too much away. I mean, the book is called The Death of the Justice League. You know, the book is called Justice League number 75. Well, the story well, the, arc. And the is, cover of yeah. it. The cover literally is saying Death of Justice League. Yeah. Like, it's unavoidable. Yeah, and they've been promoting this for how long? For a while. Um, It was a good story. I I can't wait to see what happens next. I don't want to give anything away, so let's just end it right there. there De- Justice League 75. Pick that one up. That one's a good one. Uh, spoiler alert. People die. From a certain point of view, as far as we know. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And comic books, no one's ever truly. It's like no. Death Superman. He wasn't truly yeah. dead. He was a he was in a sleep coma. Yeah. Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, we'll move on to our book club book of the week. That is Batman Volume One of the New Fifty Two, subtitled The Court of the Owls. And if you do not want spoilers on this and want to get ready for next week's book, next week's book we are talking about House of M. House of M. I I I, I don't know why I did the suspense. I mean, I teased it earlier. That's what we're talking about. But it is what it is. We're talking about House of M next week. If you want to seeing if I was paying attention, huh? that too. Uh, I was just trying to distract you, catch you off your game. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Jared, did you ever read Batman, the court of the owls before? Yeah. I picked it up in single issues. Um, I enjoyed it more with all of the tie-ins with Nightwing and all of the different ones. I think Batgirl tied in, but that was in volume two city of the owls during no. this, during this court of the owls, Bruce was, uh, this is all a Bruce thing. Cause it was when they broke free. That's when they did the tie-ins where they fought with all the extra owls and stuff. That was City Owls slash Night well, of the Owls. I'm going to have to go look because I think you're wrong. I think well, I mean, maybe you're right in most of them. They might have but teased, I think Nightwing They, they might have his. teased it. Because Nightwing's uh, grandfather was a Talon for the Court of Owls. Which we don't find out to the end of this, though, is what I'm saying. Like, at the end of this. Maybe you're right. Because that was the Talon that attacked, that fought this Bruce was Nightwing's great grandpa. Yeah. So yeah, I'm you pretty. I'm pretty right. sure that was in the volume two I of everything. I thought they all came out at the same time, but I because th- why would they? Because he was more. I'm thinking there's secret I'm, society then. Yeah, because Nightwing had that circus story arc first. Yep. I think you're right. I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't read much DC, but when I do, I remember it. Yeah, Ish. maybe I don't. Maybe I. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, this. So this is really only part one of the whole story. Yeah, because this was the Court of the Owls, which then it. It ends with the owls. All right, we're open up. We're waking up all the talons. We're gonna yeah. attack. We're gonna come out in the public of who we are. And that's when they did the two volume trades. That was City of the Owls, which is Batman Volume Two. Is City of the Owls. The Night of the Owls was a tie-in with uh, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl. And that might have been it. Might have just it. Might have no, just the media family. Another one too. Uh, might have been Titans with Red Robin. It could have been. That's what I'm thinking. I think but that might I, have been it. If, there, if it did, it was a short it was, story arc. But it tied in with all the Bat families. I mean. Yeah. And everything was only like a two or three issue story arc within those tie-ins too. I yeah. would say Nightwing only had two issues. Batgirl only had two. Because at the time when it came out, they were just filling in of the main story that was yeah. Batman, which Batman was bi-monthly or bi-weekly, however you want to look at it, twice a month. So for every... One issue of Nightwing, let's say, there was two issues of Batman. Yeah, yep. And Detective, I think, tied into it also. And Detective, that was the other one, yes. Yeah. It was Detective, uh, Nightwing. Woman did. Everyone in the yeah. immediate Batman. Uh, that, that is in Gotham. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. It Red Hood, Titans. that was the other one. Yep. yep. So it was Red Hood, Nightwing, Detective, Batgirl. All-Star Western did. Oh, okay. Huh. I, I never got into that Bad one. Batgirl, Batman, Batman. The Dark Knight, Batman and Robin, Batwing. I forgot about Batwing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and are you looking at the list of the Night of the Owls? Is that what that is? This was Night of the Owls. So, yep. yes, that was, that's a different volume than City of the Owls. Now, see, Nightwing one through nine. Is it Night of the Owls? I don't know. I didn't click on it. It, okay. just, it just says titles that tied into Night of the Owls is ba- Nightwing one through nine. So, okay. it could have. Uh, it might have been just teases here. It could have been. Maybe Talon was lurking. The background, right? Yeah, I don't know. Nightwing story arc. I don't know. But the main story of Night of the Owls was after this. I know that. Yeah, you're you're right. Based off of that, so yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it to you this time. And the, okay, so <laughs> side tangent. The problem I had with that too is Night of the Owls and City of the Owls. They both had some of this main Batman story in it, but they didn't have the full thing. So you couldn't just get here's one everything as it is. You had all right. Here's this half, and here's this other half. There is still a Venn diagram overlap of the two, so yeah. they both have some of the same stories. Like, I hate you guys so much. Just do one that has everything, or don't. Don't they're, do part of the story. They're taking notes from X-Men. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're X-Men's taking, horrible They're taking that. notes from no, They all do. Everything, yeah. yeah. I just complain about the X-Men, because I can't, I can never justify jumping on, because I know they're going to do it. I mean, that's all comic books. Yeah, it is. We look at it. it but is. anyway, uh, <laughs> this one is the very first story arc of Batman with the New 52, 
where you just see Batman running around. He's in Arkham fighting all the villains. Yeah. And he's teaming up with Joker. Yeah. Which, of course, you know. We find out later that it's not really Joker. It's Dick Grayson with the hologram acting. And I loved how it was like, oh, yeah, I was pretty sure that's who, you know, the reason why you were there. So you had me stand there for an extra day? That's yeah, good for you. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. It was definitely a little bit of hazy. Yeah. Like, hey, gotcha. Like, I'll still, I'm still ribbing you, even though you're, you're my equal now as Nightwing. But yeah, he's still got a throw one jabs in there. You'll always be my Robin, no matter yep. how old you are. You'll always be my <laughs> my first child. Yep, that was a good twist, though. A good opening. Um, it was a very very strong start to the new Fifty Two. Oh, you get all this Batman and, well, he, and like, you get oh all, my gosh. all of his rogue gallery fighting. Yeah, like what's going on here? Yeah, and then he teams up with the Joker. I'm like, what is he doing? You know, where is this going? You, well, you find out it's Dick Grayson, but at the beginning, it looks like he's fighting with Joker. Well, and. Immediately after that, you see Bruce Wayne as a brand new Bruce Wayne. He's yeah. not, he is not sheltered, whatever. He like he is out in the public saying, "Hey, we have this money. We're going to do this building. We're going to be, you know, what is Gotham?" And he's like, "It's. I think it's time to make Gotham a more positive outlook on everything." Yeah, and it's he's also a bit more family oriented because Dick, Tim, and Damien's there. Uh, Jason's not, but he was. I don't know if Red Hood started at that point or if... I mean, Red Hood and the Outlaws would have been around then, too, yeah. but I don't know. I mean... They were probably they always, doing their own thing. They always have an awful you know, yeah. good relationship anyway. Right. So it was very, very family-oriented with what he was doing also. So I liked that aspect of, of having a strong family with him. And this is the... I mean, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but this is the live-action Batman that I want to see. The one where... He is a solo act, but he is still a family man at heart. Yes. Like, yes, we, you know, we got the Robert Pattinson. We had, we had the Dark Knight. We had Batfleck. We've never seen the Bat family truly done it. Uh, I mean, done well. You can say in the 90s, they tried it with Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Yeah. But that was only, even then, that was only Robin and Batgirl. It was never the multiple Robins and Alfred and. Back or like it never had the true family dynamic, right? Versus this, like this is establishing. Oh, as much as Batman says he's a solo act, he's really not. Yeah. Um, but has them using them, you know, getting together and everything, and working together. And for me, this volume is broken into two parts: one part where he's being a detective, mm-hmm. other part where he's being Batman. Yeah, like he is not. He's, he's not the world's greatest detective. He is the. Dark Knight. He yep. is the Cape Crusader. Yep. He is the martial artist extraordinaire. Because we have them, him trying to figure out, okay, are the Cordials real? You know, there's always been this yeah. nursery rhyme, but what's going on with that? Yep. And it also, I liked this because they brought out a lot of his toys. The glider, his bat cycle. His hologram showed, camera yes. and the yeah. morgue. The, yeah, everything. There were so many cool little toys he had through there. The contact lens that was like a did facial recognition, and he could tell it to turn on lip reading. And you know, there's so many cool things that he had in this too. Well, it also shows that ultimately he is in love with the city. Yeah, like no matter end all be all, like, the city is his, and he loves it because he knows the heritage of you know not only of his family but of the buildings, the architecture. Right, like oh, you know, if you take the tour, they'll say this about. The, you know, there's these 12 guardians, gargoyles, whatever, but they don't tell you about the 13th because one is below the observation deck and two, because it was invented, you know, 30 it was 30 years later to invite whatever. Right. And it's like, he knows the ins and outs of the city, like the back of his hand. And yep. he will use that to his protection and to his advantage. Yeah. And like that, the amount of intelligence that like, yeah, he's a great detective, but how much is that done by computers? Yeah. Versus this was. You know, his life's on the line. It's up to him to do it, to do his job. Yeah. Uh, this had some really cool stuff with um, some low life that gets murdered, has Dick Grayson's DNA under his, his fingernails. So and they start to tease yeah. that a little bit, too. Yep. So, you know, Batman's got to question him. He's, Dick Grayson, he tells him what happened. Yeah, I recognize him. This happened. You want me to show you the scratch marks where he scratched me? You know. And he's like, no, I saw the like, I, I, Yeah. I saw the footage. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's like, it's like he had a, full faith in Dick Grayson, but he had to It ask. was a more rhetorical thing, but I have to yeah. check these boxes for paper trail for my own. Right. <laughs> it's almost like a cop, but he's definitely not. I'm like, no, I need to have be able to check this box. 
even though I already know, and there's yeah. no one checking to see if I check the box, but it is what it is. Yep. Uh, it's a little more ribbing, I think, of like, yep, I'm still putting you in place because yeah. I'm Batman. Um, One thing that was a little odd to me was in the series when in the second half when he's going crazy, he keeps calling himself Bruce. That is a continuity error that I've noticed with other, like, yeah. before, like, no, no, he's known he's not going crazy, or he knows being manipulated because he called himself Bruce versus no, he calls himself Batman. Right. That's one thing, like, uh, I, I wish Scott Snyder knew that because it's definitely seemed like he didn't know that line before. Because, like, oh, he's when he's going crazy in the, the maze and everything, like, oh, well, all right, get pulled together, Bruce. You know, yeah, act your act right, Bruce. Like, no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't call himself Bruce, right? I, I think that's a fairly known thing. I don't. Yeah. Of, I mean, as a casual plus reader of Batman, I know that. Yeah. The writer should know that. Um. Yeah, I think it was more prominent in Batman Beyond when uh, Bruce Wayne's in that asylum or whatever right. it was, and Terry's like, "How'd you know you're being manipulated?" Because I kept calling myself. I, that's not what I call myself in right. my head. So, but I, I feel like that would have been a great time for this, unless yeah. unless that would I been mean, great for this. He was being drugged, so maybe that's part of it too. Is yeah, that. Um, but yeah, I, again, ultimately though, for me, the story is in two halves of the the detective work versus the action mm-hmm. work of it, and I think it definitely reads better in trade than it is in definitely. singles because I remember in singles like, oh, it was good, but. It, it was like it felt two different story arcs. This yeah. is like okay, laying the groundwork, and here's the actual action sequence and everything yeah. where stuff's going on. Um, yeah, but I like how it tied in his family's history. Like his great great grandfather set up this fund to uh, for architects to help build the Gotham skyline, you know, and that fund's still ongoing. And that's when he realizes that. His family has ties to the Court of Owls to where they funded their safe houses pretty much. So he goes to each property that owned by that uh, that foundation, and there's a Court of Owls lair there. So I really liked how they really that, tied in the history. Well, like how each family member built something. Yeah. And each one had a nest inside. That yeah. Was like, a, like a bat cave, that how he does. The owls did the same thing with, uh, with their money and everything. Yep. So it makes you question, okay— what, were they manipulating him, or were, or was his family part of the owls as well? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, I mean, I think we do it clarity later. Where no, no, his family wasn't part of the owls. The Graysons were. Instead. Yeah, the Graysons were. Um, and and how proof that the Graysons were like they tried to recruit his Bruce's family before, but they said no. And you see the Hall of Dead Waynes. Yeah, and in the maze of everything. Yep, and they actually do reveal in this that Dick Grayson was supposed to be a Talon. Right, yeah. especially the backhand, like when Batman just backhanded him. Yeah. And like, what? Like, oh, he beat him with the tooth. See? Like, tough love. Like, well, there's a better way to take out my tooth. Like, you could have been, but that's very Batman of him to yeah. not to not explain why he's doing something. No, he just does it and then shows you. Right. It's like, you're still, you're bleeding now. Now I'm going to explain it. Um, and this book still has my favorite mechanic. I don't think it does it well digitally if you read it is when it shows him going crazy where the, you have to actually rotate oh, yeah. the book upside down yeah digitally it did it well also but if you've got the rotate screen it doesn't it, it doesn't know good rotate right so you gotta like lay it flat and then spin it around right versus i love the physical aspect of actually flipping the book yes. upside down and then okay wait now i need to read right to left because it's upside down but the panel is this way like yeah it, it it's really cool. Yeah, it it basically rotates ninety degrees and then it rotates another ninety. So where it's where it's one hundred eighty yeah, degrees. Yeah, so upside it's completely down. upside down. Your last pa- your last page of that issue is upside down. It goes on to the next part of the story arc and every it's from yeah. a, you know this regular perspective now because it's not focused on Batman at that point. But I still really like that. Yeah, like they the, did such a good job. The with it. meta of like, no, yeah. his world is turning upside down. Yeah. He is going crazy. I remember it, reading it the first time in single issues and it was so much fun. I had to read it the second time right away. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know we went pretty fast with this, but that's pretty much most of the story is like yeah. him finger the owls and then him fighting the owls. Yeah. Um, he does a little bit of detective genius in the, to break free because he keeps breaking this camera where it has this filament. That is flammable, so he keeps collecting those to make a big spark and blow up, or whatever. 
Um, but it's really only half a story because yes, he escapes, but then it has a perfect cliffhanger ending. Like, okay, go free my talons tonight. The city is ours or whatever. Like the standard villain, like here we go to full on like act two. Um, they also introduce another character. Her name's Harper. Where, um, where she's like, oh, where Bruce says, oh, I told you not to, you know, not to help me, leave me alone. Yeah, it seems very out of out of place in this, though. Yes, it was very out of place in this. It, it seems um, like, oh, it's a reference of something that happened, but you know, the reader, it hasn't happened yet, so we need to. Yeah, we'll, we'll do flashbacks in the future for this moment, but. It was very out of place for this. Very much out of place. Like, I would have preferred at the end of everything and has have as an epilogue. It's like, oh, she saved him. He walked away. Yeah. Then it goes back to him still getting saved later. Like, from it was, it was very jarring. It felt like a double escape. I didn't like it. Yeah. I agreed with that. That, that was the worst thing about it. Yeah. Um, but so, it was still like looking back. It's kind of cool to see that character. Right. So, so uh, one to five. What I give it you a get? five. Even with it only being part of a story? Yes. So I, mean, I'm saying, I was yeah. just baiting you on that one. I, I give it a five out of five also. It is the best Batman story that you can read that is not killing joke. That is not what, yeah. like, it's not this original, it's not these graphic novel things that are just like, oh, just that one story arc. This is a this great a, ongoing yes. story arc. This is an actual Batman, be, yeah. great beginning of a Batman series. Yeah, it actually spun out. Uh, Talon had his own miniseries there for a little bit. Well, it, was Maybe, it was ongoing. It was ongoing. Yeah, series, right. Yeah. It was. So, like, this is the best. This is the beginning of the best Batman series yeah. as a whole. Now, there have other been stories that may be better, but this, as an actual whole series, yeah. this kicked off. Like, this is an actual on, designed to be an ongoing series that is actually a great story, too. Yep, I agree. And honestly, you can read this and then see the Owls, Night of the Owls, and then be done. Yeah, I mean, those were the best story arcs of that story of that era of Batman. I mean, there's always the oh, but there's gonna be more because we have to keep yeah. readers going. But also, I mean, I mean, this is New Fifty Two. This is over a decade old now. And how many series do you normally see ongoing series of Volume Ones that we keep in stock regularly? None. Not many. This is the exception because it is that dang good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is Batman Volume One. Royals, five out of five. Must read. If you're a fan of Batman, read it. Yeah. And I I say check out the tie-ins too. The tie-ins added so much to this that it was really and that's why I say read City of the Owls yeah. and read Night I of the mean, Owls I mean, and like, Court of the Owls. Not just Batman City of the Owls. Get Nightwing, get Batgirl, get Catwoman. It yeah. All adds to the to the fire. Well, that's why I think the Night of the Owls that helped with that. Yeah. That was the everyone else to really get the feeling of the whole this city is under siege. Yeah. And it's affecting everybody, not just Batman. Yeah. So so with that, we'll move on to the part that you always forget about. There it is. Uh, and that is Hero of the Week, comic book related or otherwise. Do you have one? I got one. All right, go ahead. Right off the bat. Uh, this, uh, my mom was in the hospital, you know. Her doctors, nurses, everybody took such a good, good care of her that even my dad was like, they've taken really good care of her. So they were... Both highly impressed with how professional everybody was. They treated them great. You know, any questions my parents had, they always answered. So doctors and nurses were phenomenal. All right. Uh, you know, I, I told you that like you should have one. Like, I I don't really have one off the top of my head. Like I've been trying to think all day, all episode. Like, who do I have that stood out this week? And. Thankfully, slash unthankfully, it's been a pretty calm week for me. Like, everything's been pretty, like, eh, right in the middle. Like, we're sure. good to go. Um, but off the top of my head, I'm going to go with Moon Knight. Because that series is going on right now. And like that's the only real TV show I'm looking forward to, like, right now. There's someone who's like, oh, cool, there's a new one. Yay, I'll watch it. But it's not like, okay, it's Wednesday. I, I want to watch the new episode. Yeah. Um. That being said, I'm not going to be able to watch this week's episode probably until Friday because that's because Laura and I watch together. She's working tonight, working tomorrow, but I have video games to fill the time, so it'll be fine. There you go. Um, so yeah, I would say you know what? I'm gonna do uh, two of them: Moon Knight and Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm because I've been watching that series a whole bunch recently and it's gotten really good. I've really enjoyed it. It started a little rough, got better. I'm enjoying it now. Uh, so yeah, 
So, in general, TV, because it's keeping me entertained and it's making me feel good. There you go. There we go. Uh, with that, we will say thank you for listening, everybody. Again, the book club podcast book for next week is House of M. I enjoyed it before. Uh, it's been a while since I've read it. I'm curious to see how well it holds up, but I'm sure it'll be fine. And yeah, we barring any complications, it should be all four of us will be back next week. Then, unless Good. something changes between now and then, yeah. anything's possible. But until then, we'll see you all next time. All right, cat, time to wake up. Podcast is over. She's all, no, don't touch me.